What's up, everybody? Coming at you hot with the second episode of the CMB Sports Show. Uh, coming right out of one of the biggest weekend in sports. Um, we also got a lot of big signings in the MLB and NFL. So let's go ahead and dive on in. Welcome back, guys. It is March 21st. And the evil empire strikes again. <laughs> the Yankees bringing back Anthony Rizzo. Man. That should have been, that's what we should have opened with, right? That's the biggest signing of the weekend? No doubt. The biggest thing that happened? That's the biggest thing that happened. Um, I honestly couldn't think of anything bigger. Yeah. We, but, needed, we needed to keep the lefty bat in the lineup. Good defensively. Yeah. Got rid of Voight. I mean, he's got a great bald head. Um, great guy. Just a nice Italian. Team. He'll fit right in. That's right. Uh, New, uh, New Yorkers love him. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you know he's a big fan of pizza. He's a likable guy. Oh, for sure. You know, cancer survivor. So, I mean, that's... that's uh, Cancer at 18. Just a, just a heartwarming story and just lovable, man. Oh, yeah. Probably got the fastest hands of the first baseman. Always smiling. Always smiling. I think you put him and Freddie, two most likable guys in the league. Who? Oh, yeah. Where? R.I.P. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Um, I'll tell you who is likable, though. Got a great smile, Matt Olson. Matt Olson is strikingly handsome. He is. He is. Uh, I think him and Dansby, they might have one of the best-looking infields. Oh, yeah. Um, the Braves do. You know, I don't know about Austin Riley. You know, he, he's okay. Decent guy, I guess. Great hitter. So, I mean, that's, that's plus. That's got to be a plus in the books. Albies is... I wouldn't say Albies is attractive. No. Is Darno attractive? Not really. Can't be with that name. Catcher, too. Yeah, Dansby and Matt Olson, they both got to be top five. Yeah. Top ten best-looking guys. I think so. I think it's top five. Really? Name them. <laughs> Chris no, Bryant. Number one, one. Number one is Chris Bryant. Two. Tied for two. Dansby. Oh, you're right. Tied for two. Dansby. Charlie Culberson. Yeah, they're the same person. Same person. Can't can't convince me different. Is he still with the Braves? I have no clue. Me either. I don't think so. I think he's probably retired. But not officially. Was he that old? He's up there. Hmm. But, uh... So there's three. Four, yeah. Matt Olson. Wow. Five. Stanton. Oh, yeah, he does kind of look like The Rock. Yeah. He's like the MLB version of The Rock. I'm sure there's somebody we're obviously missing. Bryce Harper. No, he's got a weird face. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I feel Mike, like there's Mike, one. Mike Trout's up there. He's okay. And he's got all that money, so he would definitely be number one. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, boy. I mean, Auburn and Alabama lost this weekend. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty rough weekend for the state of Alabama. UAB comes up short. Uh, Hard-fought game, though. Um, Auburn looked great. I thought they were back uh, against Jack State. And, you know, they kind of had to fight for it and um, ended up being kind of a blowout. Yeah. Um, but then... I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you what happened. I knew when Kessler got those two fouls early, I, We're I, in trouble. I didn't have, I didn't have a good feeling about, about it. Uh, my bracket was yelling at me. 
Yeah. That's for sure. And Jabari, I mean, if we're going to go down, I'm okay going down Jabari's hands. Yeah. I think. And just missing layups. I've never seen a team that just can't score with a ball around the rim. Oh, I have. It's a common problem in Tuscaloosa. But, <laughs> you know, this is much different. Um, Tuscaloosa doesn't have a Twitter mob, so. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty uh, you, you know, you expect to make those. And it's, I, would, I will say it's tough to go out that way playing just out of character. Um. And really, I mean, really getting beat kind of at your own game, playing good defense and fast. Yeah. And that's what Miami did. They they just went after it, and um, they rose to the occasion. That That's for sure. Which Miami was – Miami is one of the better teams in the country. Yeah, I mean they – I mean, they beat Duke. Yeah. They really, the way, they're where they are now as a 10 seed just because of how they started the season. Right. And they kind of went through a lull towards the end too. But right there in the middle, they were – I think at one point it was them and Auburn had the two longest win streaks. That's right. I think they got up to like 14 in a row or something like that. Exactly so right. they're intense on defense. They are long. They have two guards that can score. Mm-hmm. And now this hurts the most just because they get to go play Iowa State, mm. a team that won two games last year. Two. So as an Auburn fan, it was there. If you're going to do it, this was the year to take it. Yep. You get through that, then you get – Either Providence or Kansas. Both very, very beatable. Yes. Uh, for an Elite Eight game. You know, yeah. I, w- I would say probably out of all the teams that, it, that we would think make it to the Elite Eight, they're the ones that you want because we've watched them lose to an SEC team who – and I'm going to be honest with you, man. The SEC doesn't look great stacked yeah. up. You know, I, I thought they were a little bit underrated, but it looks like they were kind of properly rated. Um if not overrated. Yeah, yeah. I mean all that's left through the first weekend is Arkansas. Arkansas. And I, I mean I really I didn't think they were one of the best teams. You know, I I would definitely have them They were top four. Probably four. Yeah. Uh behind Tennessee. Yep. I would say the same. Um Auburn, which, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas. Yep. Then I think there's a big drop off. Yeah. And it's just it's it, that's just how that's just how it works out. Um you know, that that um the Gonzaga region just ends up being chalk, and, and of course, Drew Timmy, he's four. gonna be good again. Dude, I, I was, I know. Last week, I said I, I didn't think Gonzaga were the ones to do it. Just you know, they have so they're so favored, and we did say that Memphis would give them problems, which they did. And they did. But Drew Timmy is that guy. He figured it out the second half. He was, I mean, he didn't show up for the first half. But the second half, he came out, and I think he had, like, 20 in the second half. Yeah. We – I was watching him with Chase, and just his – like, we were talking about his footwork is just so great. Yes. I mean, he, he he backs you down, and he can spin around you, and you're just still standing – you know, you're just standing there, and mm-hmm. you don't know. And, it, it, I mean, he's just so efficient with the way he moves. He's not fast by any means – but he can just knock down mid-range shots, and he finishes at the rim. And he seems to be a pretty good leader too. I mean, if you have a guy, you're in the, you're in a dogfight, an absolute physical dogfight, and coming out of the locker room at halftime, your your guy says, "Hey, we need to make our free throws." Yes, that's a leader. And just give give me the ball, and I'll I'll do what I do. That is a mature leader. Doesn't swear on TV. So big ups to him. Um, having that presence of mind yeah. in the moment. He said his mom watches. Hey, 
props to respect that. Props got to respect it. And they've got the Gonzaga's got Arkansas, which is. Do you know what the spread is for this game? Have you seen it yet? I don't think I have. Gonzaga minus nine. Minus nine. I think that's the biggest spread of the weekend, which is no minus. Purdue is minus twelve and a half over St. Peter's, but nine's a lot. Nine is a lot for a tough, gritty Arkansas team. And Arkansas, they they play very sound. Yeah. Basketball. They they make every free throw. Yep. They they take care of the ball. They've got a superstar guard. I mean, I guess it just comes down to if Timmy and Chet just go to work down low. Yeah. They could cover, but I don't if I if I had to take one, I think I would take Arkansas. Yeah. I I would I would definitely I would definitely take Arkansas there. They just play such good defense and you know, Gonzaga's bigs are athletic, of course, with 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 Timmy and and Chet, but uh, Jalen Williams just as athletic. I mean, yes. he, he's not the scorer by any means, but I mean, he we've seen him all year be able to handle the ball, and they kind of honestly a lot of times run run that high screen, and he'll get the ball and dish it out somewhere else at mm. the top of the key. Um, You're just hoping he can slow down. One of the two, yeah. Is JD no taking outscore the other? Just be physical. I think that I think that's the the answer for them. That's what Memphis kind of did to them. They just were say, "Hey, we're here. We're athletic." I think that's where Arkansas can kind of give them the same issues, um, just with a little bit better scoring ability, um, or with people who can take over, especially from the three point line. Yeah. Um, the winner winner of that one will end up getting Texas Tech and Duke. Winner of that game, which right now is basically a pick 'em, got Texas Tech by one. That is probably the game to watch this yes. weekend. Uh, Duke or Thursday. Go ahead. Like Duke, I think towards the end of that game, you saw where it was just we're way more talented than you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. I, and they're just so big. They're oh, yeah. all so big and athletic. Their defense is all over the place. Yeah. And they got. Paolo Bencaro, who's probably going to be a top three pick. Yep. And honestly, I thought he was kind of overrated. Mm-hmm. He kind of looked – throughout the year, he's looked like he just don't care. He's kind of checked out. There, towards the end of the game, he took over just like Timmy did. Yeah. And he was putting putting people in the post and just turnarounds, just putting people in in a blender yeah. and just doing whatever he wanted to on offense. They're, they're definitely locked in as a team. You know, Coach K after the game was, you know, started kind of crying, talking about how, how gutsy they are. And, I, I mean, I'm right there with them. I think that game against, you know, kind, kind of a rival, you know, out-of-conference out of rival, you know, you always yeah. seem to Coach K see, and Izzo, those see two them, go the them same playing same. each other. And, and it just probably means a little bit more to each of those programs that they're playing each other in, that, in the round of 32. And Duke just rose up and just said, not today, buddy. Yes. I just said we're this much better than you. Yeah. Honestly, I think I would lean Duke in this game. Yeah. Just because if Texas Tech goes four minutes without scoring, Duke could beat them by ten. Yep. You I, can't. Yep. I think I do think it's a clash of Texas Tech's defense versus Duke's offense. Yep. And then if Texas Tech's offense can stay consistent, Duke's defense is bad enough to where Texas Tech could win by ten. Right. But I, I do think Duke has the guys. I mean, right now they might be the most talented team that's left. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, 
I mean, the the over-under is at 137.2, so, I mean, they're just going to be right there at that 60-point, that 70-point range. And if it, it's 60 or below, Texas Tech wins. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I was that's what I was going to get to. I, I think that Texas Tech is pretty sound, but Duke will be able to not push them around, but be physical with them. Yeah. And and kind of kind of take it to him. And if Duke comes out and punches him in the face, you better watch out. Yeah, I mean it, it might get ugly. Yeah, because I mean you just you finally saw things starting to click for Duke. You seen them just kind of sleep through some of these games throughout the year, and yep. maybe they finally locked in. And this might be, I mean, what a way for Coach K to go out. Man, that that would be awesome. Uh, I I really am not the biggest fan of Coach K, but I mean I oh. got I got to respect him. Uh, he's he's an all time great. He's a horrible person. Oh, you can just mean, keep it straight. He lets Paolo drink and drive, and <laughs> get, he's got his grandson on the team just to be in the passenger seat and jump in the driver's seat when Paolo gets pulled over for drinking. <laughs> so that's, I mean, just no morals over there at Duke. I would love to see Texas Tech beat them by a hundred. Yeah, no, no doubt. I just don't know. Uh, I just don't know, man. I, I think Duke gets this one. Um, I think they get it done. So you would take Gonzaga and Duke in, on that side? Yes. Making it to the Elite Eight? Yep. Then you've got Arizona and Houston on Thursday. Lines Arizona by two. This is where I think mm. – I mean, I think Houston was a team that was slept on. Yep. Because they don't play in a good conference. So everybody's – Alabama beat them. Yeah. Everybody, I think everybody remembers that. But, man, defensively, they will eat you alive. Eat you alive, man. They're so big. They are so just fast. all over the place. And they, they were here last year. Yeah. So this is nothing new. They were in the Final Four last year, weren't they? Yeah. It's nothing new. It's, it's pretty much – I think they had some guys go, uh, but I know they have some returners as well. And, and I, I don't see – you know, they're just, they're just so sound right now. Incomplete. I think you said that last week. They were yeah. one of the most complete teams, I, and I, I they proved it. I mean, they really did. Um, I, I would lean this game, Houston, yes. just because people are so bought in on Arizona, and I just don't agree. I just I'm don't. With you there. I don't see it. I you know, say what you want. You know, they average 84 game, uh, points per game, Arizona does. And, you know, I, 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 just, like, I just like Houston's matchup here. Um, Plus it's a one, a one seed versus a six seed. Five, and five seed. A five seed, and the spread is two. Yeah. So I think that's telling you that Arizona isn't that much better than Houston. Correct. Very I think correct. that line is screaming at you that – I mean, this could get down to a pick on between a one and a five seed. Yep. So if I'm, I'll probably will be taking Houston just because they're so sound. I think Arizona will have to play lights out to beat them, mm-hmm. which can happen. I mean, they're a one seed for a reason. Yeah, and they they've only lost three times all year. Yeah, but they'll definitely have to bring it to get over Houston there. Yeah, I mean, and we saw how vulnerable they were with TCU, as a nine seed. Oh yeah. Uh, takes him into overtime, so could have been a foul call in the last, yeah, last play. Exactly, they could have ended it. Exactly. 
So I, I think I think they they either they either come back right here and respond with with almost like a vengeance, or they continue on this bad trend and and get the upset. Which I I, I mean it, it's tough to call that one an upset. Yeah. You've got no Villanova versus Michigan. Spreads five. I mean, Michigan coming from the play-in game. Yep. Which I think this is a bad draw at this point. I think they kind of got lucky the first two games Yeah. with a good draw. But now going into Villanova, who will have almost a full week to prepare for them and with the best coach in college basketball. Yep. I think this will be where Michigan's run-ins. I, I agree. I agree. And – you know, th- th- this is kind of a, a good matchup because I believe Michigan made it um, to the Elite Eight last year. I think year. they made Final Four. Were they Final Four last year? I no, think so. two or two years ago. Two years ago, Final yeah. Um, so, you know, another team that's kind of business as usual. You know, pretty pretty, pretty equal as far as, uh, you know, season averages – uh, Michigan averages 73 points per game and Villanova 72 and points against Michigan is 65 and Villanova 60. So um I I you know I, I do think that watching them you kind of can see how how that is with Villanova plays a little bit more sound defense um kind of controls the game more but they also have vets across the board yeah they've been there and um and you've seen how gillespie will just like he's just such a mismatch oh yeah being a a bigger guard he was just grabbing the smallest guy on the court and just putting him in the post yep and there wasn't much you could do about that yeah and you you can't foul him he's a 90 percent from the line everybody on their team is like 85 and better it is it's just he's just like you said just a mismatch um, I I just like I like Villanova here to be in that range where they you know it, it, I think it'll be close uh, at the end, but I I think they win you know they'll give you know the fouls and stuff at the end of the game and and take it to probably probably seven or eight eight or nine somewhere around there. So we got Houston and Villanova in the Elite Eight out of that side, mm. which will be a great game wow i mean that that is that would be awesome to watch that on a i, I believe that's saturday yeah should um, be um that'll that if that happens man that'll be a great game then we've got ucla by two over unc which i said last time i haven't bought in on ucla unc's hot yeah but they they beat baylor but I mean, Baylor, they tried to give that game away. Yeah, you know, like you had said last week that Baylor came in wounded. Very wounded. And, you know, this is such a weird matchup. Um, kind of good for UCLA. Um, you know, UNC 26-9 and on the year, coming in as an eight seed. I just uh, – I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure – who to take here? Um, UCLA's by two. This And this region has turned into who cares what's going on here. I'm rooting on St. Peter's. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 
I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. Yes. I, I mean, th- this is – what a run. The, the coach coming out and saying, all my dudes are from New York and New Jersey. Do you think we're scared of anybody? Yeah, you, I mean, that's – can't intimidate us. That's from New awesome. York. Just a bunch of great Yankee fans, I bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they're – it's the third time a 15 seed has made it this far. And it's happened in back-to-back years. Oh, man, that's wild. They're – 12-and-a-half-point underdogs to Purdue, who is, at this point, Purdue may win this game, but go ahead and make a little bit more money off St. Peter's. Yeah, 100%. To keep it within 12, this team is tough. Honestly, I don't know who's who has beat them. Like, they've lost 11 games. I, I want to watch these teams uh, Yeah, play. I want to see those teams. I want to see those teams strap it up. I mean, they – I honestly have – no clue who is in that conference. No, I've never even heard of St. Peter's. No, I, I I couldn't tell you that they were from New York until I heard the coach talk. Right, same here. And I want to see those eleven teams. I bet they're great, and they play in like a high school gym for them to just come. They come out here in these big arenas and just ball out, man. Yeah, just ball out. I love it. I, I'm I'm all in on on St. <clears throat> Peter's Peacocks, man. Yeah, I'll be rooting for. Definitely rooting for St. Peter's in the next two rounds, but this could be lining up for a Purdue walk to the Final Four. Yeah, and I hate it because I, I just don't think they're very deserving. But you know, if that's if that's how if that if that's how it falls and that's how it falls, and um, then you know, props to them. Yeah, you got last two games, Kansas and Providence. Got Kansas by seven and a half. Providence is a team though that's been disrespected all year by the Lions. Yep, they've they're the epitome of who cares just win. Yep, they're not they're not going to blow anybody out, but they are scrappy. They've been in several games that are one possession, two possession games, so they've been there all year mm-hmm. fighting for their lives with their back against the wall. But man, Kansas is they're, a problem. They're good, man. They're so good. You know, we were – as far as talent, I think this is – they're right there with Duke. Yes. Um, I would put Duke one, Kansas two. Yes. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're great. This is why, you know, I, I had them in my final four. I had them in the finals. This is one of the ones we got right. Yeah, one, one, <laughs> one of the two. Um <laughs> You know, we're not going to talk about UConn uh, yeah. here. This is not a UConn show. We, we don't really speak of them much. Disavow anymore. UConn. Um, but that being said, Kansas is going to – I feel like they're going to send a message. I think they're going to blow them out. It's at that seven and a half, which if you're taking – it's tough because that's in that that's in that foul free, free throw, throw range. range, and that's the no man land right there. That's the only reason I won't be taking it is just because some. I mean, you could be up by ten points at the end of the game, yep. and not cover seven and a half, yep. just because a team throws up a late last second three that your team's not even defending. So that's something I'll stay away from. But I do think Kansas wins this one pretty easily. Yeah, which is why, like I said, this. The Auburn loss to Miami hurts so bad because Miami now gets Iowa State. The winner of that game gets probably Kansas, maybe Providence. Yep. And it's just 
This Miami team, though, is for real. They are so scrappy. Their defense. So scrappy. They swallowed Auburn whole for a long time. Yep. I mean, basically the whole game. But at the first couple minutes, Auburn looked lost. Lost. I think they had eight turnovers before they had eight shots. Like they had no clue what was going on. Which I did not know this, but that coach for Miami is the same guy that was from at George Mason. Or George was it Georgetown or George Mason? George Mason in two thousand six when they okay. made the Final Four. Um, yeah, same, and same which guy. I'm pretty sure it's Jim Beheim from Syracuse. I'm pretty sure it's him. Just in a different shirt. I do, I do, I do agree with you. And there. nobody's even questioned it. Nobody's questioned it. I do think it's a clone. Um, clones are real, and that is one of That's them. That's living proof. And he has a slightly different haircut, different shirt. Yeah. And that's, that's it. it. That's it. And he don't have his sons on the team. Yep. That's all we're missing. That's all we're missing and also a losing record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Miami by spreads two and a half. I think they cover that very easily. Yeah. I, I think so as well. I, I, don't, I don't think – you know, I think this is where Iowa State kind of comes, comes to an end. You know, they have – What a have, run though. Yeah. I mean, going from two wins to two wins in the NCAA tournament just like that is incredible. I think that um, – I think that when they when they're they they have to go back home, and you know they're gonna they're gonna be riding that wave on campus, and you have to go back you know go back and play. I, I just don't think I think it's gonna be a little bit of a letdown for them, uh, just because of how awesome it of a run it's been. But that, I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't think about for these teams that aren't usually there. They have to go home, sleep in their own bed, go to class. And everybody's talking about how great oh, yeah. they are, and this is one talk of, of the town, one of the best teams ever. And then they have to go and prove it again uh, against to a Miami team who just obviously does not care who you are. Right, very well coached, very good defensively, and they've got two two guys that can score. I mean, the dunk on Jabari Smith was pretty brutal. I mean, and Jabari is my guy. Yeah, he I mean, did have two just, blocks on that guy. He did. But, he, he did. He did get him back, but I just don't know if it outshadows uh, out yeah, that that dunk. I mean, that that's what they're going to be playing on on Sports Center. Yeah, you know, I, it's just it's. Uh, I hate I hate it for him because you know uh, Jabari is a great player and one of Auburn's probably you know top whatever players and but uh, that was that was one to remember. Yeah. Which he did say after the game, Jabari did say that he hasn't ruled out or he hasn't thought about his future enough. So, Jabari, if you're listening, please come back. Yeah, because you're looking at uh, two two one in my book, buddy. <laughs> Cole has kicked you all the way out of the first round, but no, I I still think he'll be the first pick. He definitely should be. Yeah. Very rare you find an 18 year old that's six ten and can shoot it the way he does. And with a with a good head on his shoulders, I don't I don't think he he and he stepped he stepped up. Even when his shots weren't falling, he stepped up on defense yeah. and really kept us in that game, minus the dunk, which, right. I mean, I know that's what everybody's talking about. But hey, that's, he, only, that's only two points, though, right. at the end of the day. Um, you know, he, I, I, I do like Jabari, though, because he plays with emotion. He's not emotional. You know, we, you know Coach Hull used to tell us that all the time. And I think that, that's kind of what sets him apart from, from other people or other players. Um, he just always has a level head and never gets, never gets too crazy. 
I mean, he's just, he's the best. Like he's, he's definitely one that I might have to buy a Jabari Smith basketball jersey if I can find one. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't blame you for that one. So who would, out of everybody left, who would you take to win it all? <laughs> I'm still going to have to ride with Villanova, man. I, I just think that they are on a mission, and they're not going to let anybody get in their way. Um, you know, I did have uh, – I'm not the best at predicting these things uh, that I've proven so far. But I, I will have to go with Villanova. Um, Which I think they probably have the easiest – behind Purdue, they have the second easiest road there. If you get past Michigan, you get the winner of Arizona and Houston. Yeah. Um, I think Houston would be a tough matchup for them. I do too. Great game. I think Arizona is a little bit better matchup for them. Um, and, I, you know, like we said, I just don't think Arizona has what it takes. Um to get it done, and I, I, you know, I think Villanova would be that team. If if Houston's not, Villanova is. Toughest road is definitely Gonzaga's, or I guess you could say Arkansas, because Arkansas would have to beat Gonzaga, and then the winner of Texas Tech and Duke. So that is a brutal road. That is, yeah, to the finals. I mean, really, Gonzaga and Arkansas, because they're going to be beat up after that game. Mark my words, like this, that is going to be a physical game. And then two days later, take on Texas Tech or Duke, where you're just gonna get just be just as physical, if not more. Um, that's gonna be the definitely the toughest road. I mean, and really both sides. I mean, if you look at it from the other way, Duke. You know, say Duke wins. You know, they got to go right back at it, Gonzaga. Um, yeah, and they're gonna have a great game plan. Um, as you know, kind of as always. I think I'm going to take whoever wins out of that side because then you get a week off, come back for the Final Four. I think it's going to be Gonzaga. I could see Duke. Yeah. I could see – really, I could see all of them. I think Arkansas has probably got the least chance. Right. But I'll go Gonzaga. I do do like that. And, you know, they're the overwhelming favorite – um, yeah, but for, for, a reason. for a reason, though, and I think they kind of proved that. You know, I was a, I was definitely a doubter, but I think they definitely proved it um, that they are worthy of that. But that you know, with it, it's kind of unfortunate for them. They they do have probably the toughest road of all the all the one seeds, which I guess there's only two left, two, three left. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Kansas would be a pretty easy pick to get to the Final Four. Yeah. Yep. Providence and then probably Miami. Um, Purdue, probably pretty easy road. Peters and then UNC or UCLA. So yeah. that's definitely way easier of a road than what Gonzaga has. For sure. Yeah, those those Friday matchups definitely are not as great as the Thursday ones. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is they're in that that primetime prime time slot, so nobody's gonna be missing it because of work unless you work nights. Yeah. So that that is good. That is good for the vibes at the end of the week. I think that's it. College basketball, but we'll probably be wrong again. <laughs> probably come back next week and St. Peter's has probably done it. And if that happens, I'll be one of the happiest people that there is. No doubt. No doubt about it. I will probably I'll probably have to buy a shirt. I'll probably have to go get oh, some yeah. merch. A jersey? Oh, yeah. Get um, 
uh, what it, um, that uh, Daryl Banks the third. Yeah, that's Banks the third on the back of a jersey would be sweet. <laughs> Carlton Banks the third. <laughs> but now we can move into some MLB talk. To I mean, what are the Rockies doing with Chris Bryant? I mean, you know, I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Uh, you let Arenado walk, or they traded him. They traded him. Traded Arenado, who is much better than Chris Bryant. Yeah. And then you give Chris Bryant seven years, $182 million. Why don't you just keep Arenado if you wanted a great third baseman? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I guess they were just out there smoking that ganja maybe just because it's legal. I, yeah. I'm not really sure. Um, Which I've heard they got. They changed ownership after their auto trade. So maybe they're trying to go get a guy. Because I think Chris Bryant, I think you put him in that same category as Rizzo where he's not going to hurt you. Right. He's going to be a great clubhouse guy. He's been there and won it before. So maybe this is him picking up their core piece where this is the first building block that they're going to get. That is true. I mean, they have some decent talent uh, still there. Um, I, I You know, it, it, it's just tough. I think it, it's tough for them. It's tough for teams like them and the Diamondbacks to really do much of anything right now just because of how top-heavy that division is. Yes. Because the Dodgers have obviously separated themselves from the Padres, but the Padres were on that level as of last year. Yeah. And I still think they're going to be competitive. Um, but, you know, they, it's just it's, it's pretty much just them two. And then the Gi- if the Giants can go on another magical season where they just – Play out of their mind. Yeah, for a I mean, whole just play season. like a whole bunch of vets again. Um, but still, you know, that's that's who the Rockies and the Diamondbacks have to play against. It, yeah, you know? it's tough. I mean, it, it, it's it's just it's hard for them to really make any kind of move. It's it's kind of like the Braves, you know, back in the day when they they weren't great, so they just signed a bunch of older guys and. Like trying the, to sell jerseys. Had, had the Uptons and young Freddie Freeman and old Chipper Jones and sold jerseys, competed a little bit. I, I think they won a division somewhere in there, but um, I, I, I guess that's what they were going for. Which you know he, he's gonna he's gonna hit home runs and he he's can, a great player. He can he can play outfield, infield. Yeah, you know, I think he'll like playing there. Uh, I think everybody kind of likes kind of likes hitting there for sure. Yeah. Um. But you brought you brought him up. We have to talk about him. Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, six years, one sixty two. That's it's going to be very weird seeing Freddie Freeman in Dodger blue. You know it, it it is, and I hope him the best. You know he he's such a good guy, and he's you know he's a family man and and all that stuff. I just I hate. I hate that the Dodgers don't get the hate that the Yankees used to get for just buying the best team and just, you know, eating the the luxury tax and and all that. And, you know, I, I feel like they don't get treated the same. I don't know if it's because they're just the West Coast or, you know, they're not um, – obviously they're not as dominant as the Yankees were yet, but – uh, that, I think that they're on their thing, way there. That is one thing that kind of kind of grinds my gears – well, you remember everyone rooted for the Warriors until they signed KD. Yeah. Maybe this is 
the turning point in the Dodgers, which I do think it's been going that way for a couple of years now to where mm-hmm. it's just like this team can't just keep buying the best players that are out there yep. and just continue to root for them. So I think they're slowly turning into that villain and taking some heat off the Yankees because the Yankees haven't done that in a very long time. Right. Somehow we have one of the highest payrolls in baseball, and I need to see the book. Yeah, there's just not much shown for it um, in recent years. Signed Garrett Cole, and that's really it. Traded for Stanton. Yeah, I guess he, he must have a fat, a fat contract. I know both of them have big contracts. We still haven't paid Aaron Judge yet. Or Glaber. Or Glaber. So, but pretty pretty interesting. I I am it, – it is fun to watch the Dodgers play as much as I hate them just because they have so many people, so many former – they have four uh, MVPs now. Um, and they're a team too. They're not, they're not just buying players. Right. They also have – they're developing guys. Yep. They're pulling up – Young guys out of nowhere, like Dustin May, who's electric. I mean, he's, yeah. going to, he's going to be the number two here soon behind Bueller. Yep. And he's going to be a top five, top ten pitcher in baseball. That they're, so they're doing a mix of the both, which is dangerous. Yeah. It, to where they could be the best team in baseball for the next five years. Yep. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that Correa, the Correa deal? It doesn't make sense. For either side. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like you could have got that money from anybody in that market, anybody that was looking for you. See, I think he waited too long. Yeah. I think he tried to milk everyone for every penny, and eventually all the contenders just said, we're not going to pay you what you want for how long you want. But it's three years, 105, but he has opt-outs after every year. So I would bet he plays this season and makes whatever it is, close to $40 million. A year, and then he opts out, and he goes back into free agency next year, is what I would assume. Because mm-hmm. he's not—he came from the Astros, who is one of the best organizations in baseball, just consistently winning. Yeah. And now you're going to the Twins, who haven't won a playoff game in a long time. Oh, yeah. Who knows when? So that that doesn't make sense to me, and it don't make sense to me from the Twins' part. I guess you pick him up, trying to sell jerseys, because. Adding Carlos Correa and Sonny Gray doesn't make you a playoff contender. No, no, not not even close. Um, I, I I don't, you know, I, I think it was. I know it was pre COVID, maybe like twenty eighteen. They had all those dudes. They led the league in home runs. Yeah, you know, which to know Garver, know. Both of those guys just had career years. Yeah, and you know maybe back then, maybe that makes sense. Yeah, but now you have Buxton. Who's um, who's great but can't stay healthy? Yeah, um, I think they still have Snow. I mean, I, I think I, so I, too. I, I couldn't even tell you who they have. Um, but just adding Correa, you know, I don't think that puts you over the hill. No, I mean, it should, you just have a good shortstop. And maybe they see they added the, you know, twelve team playoff. So maybe they see that as an opening in that in that division yeah i mean that's, you only have to go through the white Sox. yeah if, if you can if you can finish right there but if you can keep up with the white Sox, just beat beat every, the three teams that are below you yep and just stay and above them and give yourself a chance you'll you'll have a chance at the wild card if the i mean somebody has to lose in the al east they they all can't be up there cuz they yeah. all they're all good even the even the orioles are are you know that their young talent is yeah is, they're on the way up is very nice. Cedric Mullins, I think Adley Rutschman's going to get a lot of playing time this year. The Orioles will be solid. Um, 
you know, they're not, they're obviously not there yet, but I think they're definitely on the way up. But I mean, you have just an absolute gauntlet in the, the AL East and, you know, I, I know last year, the NL East, they're all terrible, but it was, you know, if you look at the pitching, it's one of the better pitching divisions for sure. in the league. For sure. And I, w- I mean, I would really say that for both East divisions. Um, the East is loaded. Just both AL and NL East are loaded. Yep. And then you have the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants. And nobody else really matters right now. I think now. the Astros will still be very competitive. Because um, I don't know who they're going to have playing shortstop. I would say... I think I, it's going to be Bregman. Yeah, I would say Bregman. I mean, he was obviously a great shortstop in college. He would have played shortstop on any other team besides maybe the team Lindor was on, the team Baez was on. Yeah. Like, he's that good. Yeah. He was up there. He went, he went two sec- he went second behind, behind Dansby. Dansby, and they were both shortstops. Yeah, and I think that was a debate. Yeah. Who I mean, was going to go first. Awesome. And, I mean, I, I mean, I would say that Bregman is, is better, has had a better career yeah. than Dansby. Agree. Um, but That's what I would – and I do think it's much easier to replace a third baseman than it is a shortstop. Yeah, shortstop's tough. Keep a guy that's been there. Unless you've got somebody young you can plug, but I don't think they do. But that's what I would do. And that's what I'm hoping they do because that gives them one of the best middles, middle infields in baseball. One of the shortest and one of the best. Yeah. That's, what, that's one thing that we like. Oh, yeah. We like dudes who rep for the short people. The Dan Uglas of the world. The Dan Uglas of the world. And the Julian Edelmans of the world. Yep. Those are our guys. And, uh, you know, they, it, makes, it makes the Astros a lot more likable because I always wanted to like them. You know, I, I, I know the trash can stuff is very controversial, but the Red Sox were caught doing very, something very similar. Yeah. They didn't really get much heat, more of a slap on the wrist. And uh, nobody hates them except... Yankees fans, I guess. And probably probably a lot of people now because adding Trevor's story is putting yeah. a target on your back. Yeah, that, that, that definitely is. Um, when you pay a second baseman six years, $140 million, he's a shortstop that you're just playing at second because you already have a top five shortstop. Yeah. And now you just added another top five shortstop. Yeah, I, and it, he's definitely going to balance out that, that, that lineup uh, kind of as a – he can hit all fields, and he's fast. Very he, fast. He, he hits for power a lot, but, um, you know, I, I, I think he's a he's more of a complete hitter than he, he gets credit for. Um, he's the guy you see the first weekend of opening day, and he hits four home runs in the first three games. Yep. And then because he was in Colorado, you don't hear about him again for the rest of the season. That's right. When really he is, he is a top-five shortstop, and – I think um, Bogart's contract is up here soon. That could get interesting. So I think this is a kind of the way the Dodgers went and got Trey Turner to yep. knowing that Seager could possibly leave. So maybe this is the Red Sox banking on just having a backup plan in case Bogarts don't come back. And, I mean, replacing a top-five shortstop with a top-five shortstop is about as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely was the, the Braves' plan, and I think that if that's the, the Rockies' plan or, or the Red Sox' plan and they do it this early, just like the Dodgers, I mean, that's that's great. That's just great management, and that's, oh, yeah? that's how good teams stay good. And, um, you know, I, I hate to admit that 
that the Red Sox have have good players and are good, but they are. And, yeah. Um. You know, I, I'm sure all the all the Red Sox fans out there will be happy about it, uh, especially. Since, you should be. Since uh, that division is just so crazy now, even the Blue Jays are good, and they're. I, th- I think they're they're probably going to be up there as as a favorite. Um, I think they were fourth. They had the fourth best odds before signing Trevor Story, and I wouldn't be shocked if they were. Maybe even with the Rays now, if not even ahead of the Rays, I think this pushes them above the Rays. Yeah, I, I would, I would say so as well. Because um, the Rays, you're just kind of wondering, like when, when's their luck going to run out? Yeah, they keep hitting on prospects. Eventually, that, that's just very tough to do. Yep. Yep. But staying in the East, the Phillies have just completely changed their lineup. They've added Kyle Schwarber. And Nick Castellanos, who is – Nick Castellanos is one of my favorite players in baseball. He's just – he's such a pimp, man. And he just rakes. <laughs> like, he is one of the – nobody really notices him just because he was with Cincinnati. And then he had a brief stint with the Cubs too, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and he was great. And he – I mean, five years, $100 million for one of the best hitters in baseball is a steal. Oh, Absolutely. He's one of the best backside hitters. That, that backside gap, he will wear it he out. Will, he will. You'll just see him constantly hit doubles in the right center. And constantly. And then double. Another double. Another double. And he, he's so smooth about it, too. It's he's effortless. Such a great approach at the plate. He's got that, that big, tall body. Um, he's not the best defensively. And neither is Schwarber. But, you know. You get a DH this year. You get a DH and... Yeah, I definitely think those two are going to be up there for their DH. Um, yeah, because they they were already good. They already had a good roster. You had know, Bryce, Bryce Re- Hoskins, uh, Reese Hoskins, Didi, uh, Gregorius, Ramuto. Oh man, Ramuto. Um, so that lineup is going to be stacked. Yeah, I mean, I guess really the only hole I can think of is the Abdul Herrera. He's not. He's not great, but he's, yeah. You know, he's I would. Just, I would try to ship him out. And try to go get like a Jackie Bradley Jr. type guy. Yeah. Just put a go get you a freak athlete center fielder, and then just put Harper on one side and Castellanos or Schwarber on the other side, and put the other one in DH. Yep. And just say you just have to outscore us. Yep. Because they've got Gene Segura too, who's constantly hit hitting above three hundred and close to league leader in hits. That's. I mean, where do you think that puts him in the NL East? Because right now I would rank, just on paper, I would say it's Mets, Phillies, Braves. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, on if we're going just strictly off of on paper, I mean, the Mets have the best roster. Yes. 100%. They have the best starting pitching. Yeah, you have two of the best pitchers in baseball. That's going to be tough to beat. I think their bullpen is still kind of kind of iffy. Um but the, that's the Mets. I feel like that's their that's in their code of conduct is have iffy bullpens. Yes. And then, uh, but posi- you know, you go position by position. They're they're one of the best rosters, uh, lineup, whatever you want to call it in in the league. That pro- I mean, this probably gives them the one of the best outfields in baseball. Man. Cassianos, just figuratively, you put Harper in center. Castellanos and Schwarber out there. Man, that's tough. The only thing I, only team I could think of would be the Yankees. 
that competes with that. Yeah, which the Yankees just have three dudes that are just giants and tan. Kind of, kind of tough. Yeah, kind of tough to compete with that, anyways. Did, did you say tan? Yeah, man. Okay. They're all just giant, tan, dark-headed dudes. They all look like they are. They, they're all Jersey. They all got a little Italian in them. They're, they're like it's like if if DJ Polly D had to pick three dudes that he wanted to hang with for the weekend in the bar. It, his that's probably exactly what his like bodyguards look like. Yeah, no doubt. He he has. Uh, Probably somebody who looks just like The Rock and just like Giancarlo hanging out with him. You yeah. Know? And, uh, which is so, so perfect for New York. Um, but I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I will say that that's probably the best offensive outfield. Um, I mean, they're, they're up there in defense too, though. The Yankees. With, with Ju- yeah, Judge and Gallo. And Gallo. Gallo's a lot better than what he gets credit for, too. Really, both of them are. I would say they're two of the top five best. Right fielders yeah. defensively. Yeah, but but back to the NL East. I, I mean, I, I still think that the Braves get it done. I, I don't know what it is. I do too. They they just have that 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 charisma, and they just they you can tell that they love being together and and playing. You know, even now that the bullpen is even better. Um, if we can get our starting pitching back healthy with with Soroka. And Max Free can come back and be, you know, consistent like he was two years ago, which he was fine last year, just wasn't great. Um, I think that it, it's going to be very tough, very tough to beat him, just because, you know, if they've seen Scherzer, they've seen Degrom. Not that, you know, I would say Scherzer is probably easier to hit than Degrom, but, um, you know, they I feel like they can compete with the Mets and the Phillies. It's just it's just going to be a tough. It's such a grind. But, you know, and they, they, all those teams caught so much heat for low records, and they're just beating each other. Yeah, they're just killing each other. You know, and I, I think that goes to show, you know, even the Nationals of 2019, when the World Series, with really not that great of a roster, but, um, you know, fresh off of losing Bryce Hopper, but that just shows, like, they play such great competition all year, um, which, I mean, I know everybody kind of plays everybody, but... Uh, they're they're playing you know the NL East teams the most, yeah. and because even the Marlins have great pitching. Yeah, I agree. I I do still think it's the Braves to lose, just because the Mets and Phillies are going to do what they do. Yeah. Like they'll find a way. The Mets will find a way to finish third in the division yep. and barely miss the playoffs. And the Phillies the same way. I know they've got Girardi now, which he's got a little more experience. Right. But I mean, Kepler left the Phillies, went to the Giants, and. Revived them. Yeah, I mean, brought them back to life. So, it, it, it's it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. You know, it's kind of like because he was getting drugged for what he did in Philly with a yeah. good roster. Yeah, to where everybody was shocked when the Giants hired him, and then he got there, and they were the best team in baseball last year. Which you know, it's weird. You know, with uh, James Harden going, which I know it's not a great example, but can anybody be good in Philly? I think it's tough to do. I think it's really tough. I think Nick Foles the only only the guy. That's really about it, because I mean Carson Wentz is about to win the MVP with the Commanders. Oh, for sure. And go ahead uh, and cash the tickets. Just, I mean, go ahead and put it in, put whatever your mortgage in times it by three. It's a lock. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and take Carson Wentz for MVP. Send your <laughs> send your kids to college. <laughs> That's a good move into have the NFL. Just because have you ever seen quarterbacks move 
the way they have this offseason? Not at all. I, I would have never thought in a million years that Matt Ryan would finish with a different team. Or Russell Wilson. Or Russell Wilson. Well, those are two guys. Russell Wilson somebody I thought he was going down with the ship. I yep. figured him and Pete Carroll would go out together. Just go out. I mean, he just be terrible. Keep signing team-friendly contracts until you're good again. Yeah. And I, I really thought he was that guy. But um, and, but I, I guess, you know, the Falcons traded Matt Ryan for a third-round pick, which I feel like they probably could have got more. But, hey, whatever. Um, then they go out and get Marcus Mariota almost immediately. Which I think is a good sign. I think that's a good sign. You know, I don't, I don't think they're in any position to win right now anyways with Calvin Ridley out a year. Um, so it, it, it'll be tough for them next year. But they also have a lot of young talent with, like, Kyle Pitts. and. Um, you think they're regretting that Kyle Pitts pick yet, knowing Justin Fields was still on the board? You know, maybe, where, maybe a little bit. If you knew you were going to have one more year with Matt Ryan, would you have not taken – Justin Fields and let him learn for a year and now just give him the team instead of now who are you going to go get can you pick it that's not going to be a good pick I just don't know man I feel like I'd have to I'd have to sit down and look at next year's picks too um I, I that's, that's waiting a long time to have a quarterback though I mean you got Marcus Mariota for two years what if he what if he comes back he's he's not good? a I don't think he's a game changer you though. also have Felipe Franks who I mean, yeah, yeah, you right. have Felipe Franks. He's got a jersey. He's all right. Um, okay. I don't know what if what if they went and got like somebody like Kyle Trask from the Bucks. You know, just played behind Tom Brady, or he's behind Tom Brady. He's ever played, but I I just don't know who you go get this year. I mean, I I don't think I don't think yeah, there's nowhere unless they went and got Baker. See, I just don't I don't like that move at all. I've never been I don't a either Baker fan. Which brings me to... Baker's better than Mariota. Uh, Is he, though? I would take Baker over Mariota. Well, the Browns just said they wanted a more grown-up quarterback. And Baker is the definition of chip-on-the-shoulder type guy. But, like, how long can you roll with that? Buddy won Heisman, first overall pick. Like, nobody doubted you. You were not doubted. You transferred and came in and started at... Heisman, you, like, yeah. I just you know you, you can't. I don't. I feel like your quarterback can't be that guy for more than a year. Yeah, you know you can only lead, ride that for so long to lead a team. So I don't know. Tom Brady's kind of built a career a career off of it. Yeah, but he did it in a different way. He did it in like a uh, like a less arrogant way, professional CEO kind of way. Like he he was just so. I don't know. Tom Brady's also just built. Completely different. And Baker's just cashing, like cashing I, all these checks, doing commercials. Yeah, I mean, nationwide, obviously, did not doubt him. Do you think Hulu will re up him since he won't be a starter? Do you think he'll still have that gig? Hulu has live sports. Hulu, Hulu has live sports, and I don't start. Yeah, you won't watch <laughs> me play, but I'll be here. But I mean, what are the what are the Colts doing? How long can you just slap a band aid on, not having a quarterback? <laughs> Man. From I mean Andrew Luck retires and then you go, Jacoby Brissett, yeah, to Philip Rivers, yeah, for a year to Carson Wentz, for a year and now to Matt Ryan, who is probably only going to play a year. Yeah, I mean who are they looking for? If, I, yeah, eventually you have to make a move. They have they have a decent team too. That's what I don't understand. Why I think that's not, why they keep doing it. 
why see like this is this was the off season too why would you not just go all in all in on Russell Wilson or I mean I hate to say it you know I, I mean he I guess he was he's innocent but you know Deshaun Watson um go go all in for him why why not you know yeah. and said you go Matt Ryan for another year like who are you waiting on which I think that was a good deal by them Matt Ryan for a third round pick to where you're not really risking anything. I mean, yeah, you're not. You're not risking anything. But still, I don't think Matt Ryan's the guy. No. I did, I did say their uh, Super Bowl odds went down some by like three. I think they were plus 2,800 to win it. Now I think they're plus 2,300. Still, I don't think they have a chance. I no. mean, they didn't make the playoffs last year. But, I mean, eventually you have to make a move and you have to go get a guy. Yeah, you got to. Or draft. But it's like I, – I just – I can't think of the quarterbacks. I guess you could go get, like, Bryce Young, but, like, is he going to be the guy? I, I just – I don't know. It's tough because he, he's good. He's a good quarterback. But, you know, it's kind of proven that these smaller guys aren't really built for the NFL. Um, you look at guys like Justin Herbert can is massive, or Josh Allen, massive with big arms. Like, they can come in. They can make every throw right off the bat. All they have to do is kind of – kind of get a grasp of the NFL. I realized today watching, so I saw where reportedly Tennessee signed a five-star quarterback for $8 million. So I went and watched some of his highlights, and I realized just how bad Herbert, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes have skewed my brain on what a good quarterback looks like. Right. To where this guy is probably a great high school quarterback. And watching him, I'm like, this guy kind of stinks. Yeah. Right. Like, you you watch these guys just effortlessly, like, throw the ball 60, 70 yards in the air yeah. on the run. Yep. And it's just – it's changed the way the game's played to where I think now you have to go get a guy, which is why I think the Browns just said, here, take every pick I have. I need Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I've got a young, good O-line. I've got a running back. Yep. Got a decent defense. And I've Amari got Cooper. Amari Cooper to throw to. So – In a very, very winnable – division right now very winnable i mean big ben is out and somebody has to take control kirk cousins not the guy there is that is that not uh kirk kirk cousins in the nfc oh that's on me they um they're in the nfc north though but afc north is afc north um they've got steelers so you got joe burrow lamar jackson deshaun watson and mitch trubisky now so you have the best quarterback in this group yep I do think Burrow and Lamar aren't very far below Watson, but I do think Watson is – I mean, he's a lot better than those two guys I mean, that, are. that division is still very open. Um, I think that puts them as the front runner, though. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I, I know the Bengals will just came off the, you know, uh, Super Bowl runner-up, you know, whatever you want to call it. But it's just – it's um, – I don't know. You know, I feel like that was kind of just – getting hot at the right time more than anything. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think the Ravens are trending up by any means and the Steelers are definitely not. Um, you know, they have a good, you know, Najee and they, they're always going to have a good defense as long as Mike Tomlin's there. But, you know. Trubisky is not the guy to put you over, to no, put you in the playoffs. No. He, he could be solid, I think. I think he has the talent to be solid, but he's not – he's not – that guy to just change your or 
uphold Ben Roethlisberger's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not tradition, but just, uh, well, yeah, tradition of excellence, really. Yeah, how I mean, consistent just, he was. Just, like consistency, and you know what you're going to get, and game management. I mean, he kind of did it all. Which is weird to think about, like, for probably 15 years, Big Ben was the only good quarterback in that division. Yeah. And now as soon as he leaves, the other three teams say, all right, this is our time to strike. We have to go get guys. Yep. So, I, I mean, I think this puts the Browns up there just because they do have a young O-line, very good O-line. Yep. And Chubb's going to be able to run the ball as much as he wants. And then, I mean, Watson, last year he played, he led the league in yards. Yeah. Like, he's a top five quarterback. He's, he's really good. He's a really good quarterback, and he's had – De- he's had decent help, but just a terrible organization. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's it's a game changer for him. He'll be able to come back, and you know I, th- I think he's just always been a, a hard worker. And um, you know I don't necessarily like the guy, but you know what a week for him though. He went from possibly <laughs> facing twenty years in prison to innocent. The highest paid player in the league. Boom, just like as that. A, and a on a contending team. Yeah, I mean it's great. He was with the Texans and possibly going to prison ten days ago, or which would be slightly worse, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which do you think? Speaking of going back to Matt Ryan, do you think that puts them to win the division? They've got them, the Titans, Jaguars, and the Texans. I mean, it's them and the Titans now. So I think that's another reason why the Colts keep just putting a Band-Aid on it is just because the Jaguars and the Texans are so bad. That is something. All you have to do is just beat the Titans. Yeah. If you beat the Titans, sweep them, win both of those games, you're you're in the playoffs. playoffs. I mean, that's a good point. That is something I did not think about. And I would put Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill on the same – Level, maybe Ryan Tannehill's maybe a little better. See, I would I was gonna go the other way. I would say Matt Ryan's yeah. better. Um, because if you look at Matt Ryan's stats, like he still can sling. Yeah, he's I still mean, good. He, well, I wouldn't say sling. It's not the word. He can. He knows where to go, when to go there. He's the exact opposite of Carson Wentz. Yes. You know what you're gonna get out of Matt Ryan. Yep. He's not gonna blow the game unless I mean. Well, it's twenty-eight to three. You know, yes, but it was kind of destiny. I mean, 28 points and a half, you expect to win. I mean, all, all they got to do is... Just take a knee every play and they win. I mean, really, honestly. Because, I mean, they had a couple pretty bad turnovers. But, I, you know, I, 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 he's that guy. He's been there. He, he, he's experienced. I think he, he might could be that guy that, you know, maybe Phillip Rivers wasn't... Um, a better version of Phillip Rivers is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's still. I think he's a little younger than what Philip Rivers was. Yeah, I think so too. I think he still has maybe two two years of of adequate play. Um, he'll be above average because he's still a good thrower. I mean, he doesn't have a great arm by any means, but he's got a team around him now. If they can just go get some weapons, they're they're just so like low on wide receivers. He's just so but he's so protected. There. Yeah. Their offensive line is great O line, great run game, great defense. Just try to get him go get Julio. Yeah, put why, them back why together. Why would you not? You know, I would. he's there. Why would you not? I mean, he would help in your run game. He's a great blocker, very physical. He's probably gonna he's you know, he would probably love to go and play with Matt Ryan again. For sure. So 
Last last thing I've got is the UFC from this weekend. Tell me about Just it. Just having. I missed it. Tell me about it. What happened? Having Patty the Batty in London is unbelievable. He got a stone cold like pop coming out. And he gets, and the whole way down there, you just hear the crowd, oh, Patty the Batty. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was so, like, he's just, he's a rock star. He's going to be, he could be the face of the UFC at some point. Yeah. Like a, the way McGregor is still, right. just because he's got, he's a very likable guy. He's loud. He's very good. I mean, yeah. he choked the guy out in like three minutes. And, uh, Dang. but I mean, there was a co main event after him. And so the, there's two fights after him, and the last fight of the night, the crowd is still breaking out into Patty chants. Man, I mean, where that, they're just saying it. And the UFC is so great. Like the fans that that are there, like the energy they bring to arenas. I mean, it's awesome. And to have have like just polarizing figures like that, like him and Conor McGregor and Habib's not really, but he was great to watch. Yeah. Um, hey, I would compare him to. He's not to that level yet, definitely, but I would compare him to McGregor. Yeah, like a young McGregor kind yeah. of coming up. Because, I mean, the the crowd was just obsessed with him. You could tell they were waiting all night, waiting on him to come out. And, it, and it's like his home turf, too. His hometown. That's, he, that's awesome. Which they've, at, they've asked him about his next fight, and he basically said he's not fighting anybody in the top 15 until UFC gives him some more zeros. <laughs> So he said he's going to keep beating up on these tomato cans you put in there. (laughs) And, I mean, immediately after the fight, he calls Mark Zuckerberg a lizard. And they ask him who he wants to fight next, and he says Mark Zuckerberg for for taking his Instagram down. He's not wrong. So, I mean, he's just having fun with it. And his tag team partner, Meatball Molly, with a spinning elbow right to the mouth. I mean, just putting you straight to sleep, get her a pillow. Because that girl, her her eyes were rolling in the back of her head, like, immediately. And then her match ends, Patty comes out, and he chokes the guy out in three minutes, and then she comes running out, she jumps in there with him, and they're just having a great time. That's but awesome. it's one of the best free fight nights I've seen in a long time. Like, this could have been a pay-per-view. There were mm-hmm. several knockouts. It was, it was awesome. Great. And it seems like, yeah, and it, it, that's just it's just kind of how it is when you have these title fights. They especially when it gets into the heavyweights, you know they they feel each other out. They're so scared to get. You it's know, like they're to too go good. Crazy, yeah. You know they're just, it's just so tactical, and they just want to ma- you know make it to the end and see how they you know play you know they want to play the game, and like you get these some of these you know some of these just lower lower on the card fights. And they're great. Yeah, you get Meatball Molly in there just throwing absolute bombs, I mean, that, just haymakers trying to knock that girl out. If there's anything on a on a free UFC thing, uh, UFC event that I want to see, it's haymakers and knockouts. Yes, Dana White's killing it right now. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. constantly putting out great stuff. But yeah, I think that's about it. We, uh, we're trying to get on iTunes. We'll try to get this one out. It is March 21st from recording. I'm going to try to get it out tomorrow. So maybe it's not too late. Maybe nothing crazy has happened since then. But we appreciate y'all listening in to episode two. Yeah, man. I appreciate y'all joining us. Um, you know, good luck with your uh, Sweet 16 second chance brackets. Make sure y'all fill those out. Um, also, you know, give us a shout out on Facebook if you want to. Twitter, Instagram, Twitter. 
Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. All of it. Uh, anything. Anything would be awesome. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening.